This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories is brought to you by Sports and Ortho. If you're a city employee and you get hurt, you have the option to request Sports and Ortho when you're being assigned some physical therapy, right? Yeah, absolutely. We can always choose us. We're on the city plan, so if you want to come to us, we are happy to see you. Yeah, you're, you're not locked into whoever they send you to. You can always make a request to go to a better facility if you'd like, and Sports and Ortho is a good alternative. We think so. So like sometimes after a couple, you know, two tree at the podcast studio, I try always to try and stop it, just for one or two, okay? Because <laughs> I lost a couple pounds. Yeah, and uh, you know you worked so, hard. Yeah. yeah. So I stopped for maybe one or two White Castles. Yeah. Listen, what is that? Addison and uh, <clears throat> K- uh, Kedzie? Kedzie or uh, Elston? El- yeah, Elston. But the fucking line at every time I sure. want to go is like four deep. Sure. You know, there's only like one guy working the register and the the grill, yeah. the griddle. I ain't waiting that long, so I end up at like a Taco Bell for a burrito or something. It's terrible, but <laughs> I, uh, it's a sign, Steve. Yeah, a sign of what? You, you listen to David Goggins at all? Yes. Yeah. So like he's like you. you don't listen to your inner bitch. You know, like <laughs> when you want to eat something sweet, say fuck you. You know. <laughs> I uh, he's so, he's, ain't having no fucking fun, man. Well, <laughs> well and so like you got to hear this guy's story. Like, he, yeah, he was, he's oh, a Navy SEAL. And he was three hundred pounds, and he decided like he just wanted to do this all day marathon run. Yeah, and he, I mean, he, he was shattered shattered balls, three times, <laughs> three times. Yeah. He like broke his. He, he shattered his femurs, and fr- he he ran this distance race like so like completely out of shape that he shattered his femurs and. He did all this other shit, and then he finally had a come to Jesus moment. And he's like, "Fuck this!" and turns like he just he's like this inspirational guy. I, so I, like, I could be like David Goggins one day if I don't stop at White Castle for my. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want you to be David. I don't want. I want you to be Steve Hurley. Look, dude, I'll when I'm sucking down my six because I'll get four. You get the value meal. I get, <laughs> get two extra, and I can eat them. Like White Castle, five minutes from my house. <laughs> I get sucked. My wife's vegetarian, uh, and she knows I dabble. She hey, they got a you. plant-based. Uh, I don't want slide. that shit. No. I'm just saying that. I mean, like, don't judge. They no, have no, no. It's it's over. All right, double double jalapeno slider. Yeah, that's Come the on. way to go, dude. Yeah. You, you ever pick up whiteys after a fire? Yeah, well, oh, you know, there's a new tradition. It's like newer, right? Within the last. Oh, about bringing White Castles, yeah. like instead of pastries. If you're on overtime, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, you don't bring donut. Fuck well, the donuts. You know, you know I want a White Castle. Where that came from is because they're open, hmm. and you know, it's like one of the few places. Because especially if you're bringing it because you're a new guy or something. It's open at three o'clock in the morning. It's right. Open at four o'clock in the morning. God, well, the donut places. I mean, that's why they make fun of you know like cops eat yeah, donuts because right. that was the only place that was open late at night. They get a cup of coffee and a fucking donut. And yeah, yeah. It's such a good memory for me. This quick one was one my she, this captain. She was a training officer when I got hired. Uh, she took me on her wing. This she was fucking badass, dude. Mm-hmm. Just fucking badass in her day. First of the five hundred women in the fire service. Um, <laughs> just. Good leader, just heads up, knew her job. Um, 
<clears throat> she, I remember we were up late. I don't know if we had a fire. We were just the three o'clock, you know, time. Out. It was a new pipeman on the engine, and uh, we were up late. And she's like, "Hey, you, you want to get some White Castle?" I'm like, "Fuck, fuck, yeah. fuck yes, I do." <laughs> she's like, "Go on, go on the expedition. Go, go get some whiteies." I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" And just like her and I, man, she's t- you know shooting the shit, telling me about the job and like, what it was like for her, and like. That's fucking. That's magic, right there. That is magic. Yeah. She she had a, she had a lot to, lot of good shit to share too. She was awesome. Well, if you haven't figured it out by now, we're back from our break. <laughs> <laughs> we fired Corey. <laughs> we're hiring Sammy. <laughs> right. Corey's fired. <laughs> we're welcoming Sammy to yeah. the new team. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the new Chicago's Favorite Stories team. Cheers. Yeah. 2.0. 2.0. Uh, but. I want to start the second half, Sammy, because when we turn off the microphones, you alluded to the fact that a podcast saved your life. Yeah. And I, and I said, like, saved your life, saved your life. And you said, saved my life. So, and I was like, don't tell me about it. Let's wait until we hit the record button. And so here we are. Like, how, how and what podcast saved your life? So it goes back to the um, 2014 uh, injury. Um, so I was laid up and I had nothing better to do, but, you know, watch Sopranos and, and take Vicodin and Oxycontin and Valium. I was taking five milligram, like I was prescribed five milligram pills. So I was just laying up big time. And, um, I was like, at some point I had this like beard and it was, you know, I'm not exactly hipster, but. Your Bin Laden beard. Bin Laden beard, and I had my, my thick glasses on. This guy was like, man, you look like Mark Maron. I'm like, who's that? He's the like, original podcaster. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, I'm like, oh, you know, you should listen to his podcast. He's pretty funny. And I started listening to him, and I started Zero. And uh, he started that podcast because, it's, and I'm probably not saying it 100%, but he was going to hang himself in his garage, basically. He was done. Right, he was done with life. He, um, he was he came up with Kennison and uh, Bill Hicks and all these guys who were gone, dead. You know, lived that rock and roll, comedian comedian lifestyle, which I f- find that my favorite firemen are the funny ones. You know, like they're, right. all, of course. they're, they're all fucking sad deep down in the end. They're all they're all sad clowns. We're all Pagliacci, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so uh, Pagliacci was right? Vince's yeah. college nickname. <laughs> really. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> come on. Are you serious? <laughs> no, no. Oh, <laughs> Sammy, pretend like you listened to this show before. Well, come on. Good, you know? <laughs> God damn, I do. I like it. So, uh, <laughs> so Mark, he 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 had this you know sad thing about him. He was going to lose it, and he just started calling his buddies and started like, "Hey, man, you're like, what's it all about?" You know, and started doing his podcast, and it it ran, and like I got to. I, I think I made it to like 300 and I like started catching up with new ones because he was going to interview Obama, I think. Like, yeah, it was like 2014, so Obama's still in office. And I was like, holy shit, you know, man, like, the, like the, what he would do on his podcast, he was so normal and vulnerable and himself, which I like because um, I was not. And like I mentioned before, like at the firehouse, like I get hired, I go to the fire academy. And I am just playing a role, like like growing up, you know, like being punk rock was the closest thing I came to identify with somebody. But still, like I'm carrying a skateboard, like the other guys carry skateboards. Um, got blue hair, like other guys got blue hair. Like I, I, I'm I'm copying. And in the firehouse, that's all I did was copy. You know, uh, I, I got no problem saying that. 
and I didn't know. I didn't know the job. I could be punk rock as hell, but I couldn't play a fucking lick on an instrument, you know? Right. Uh, it's just a, a, a hang around. So listening to Mark was like, man, you know, like I started getting into it. But then in between that time, I was fucking depressed. I was the most depressed I ever was in my life. And well, I think, that's yeah. a tough thing, that rehab, especially yeah. for that long stretch, because you're at home 90% of the time. You're on drugs a hundred percent of the time, yeah. and I've been there. It's miserable. Yeah. Number one, the biggest problem I had is you're on the drugs. You can't sleep, especially with that injury. You maybe close your eyes, fall asleep just out of sheer exhaustion. But if you move, the pain in your back snaps you right back up, and now you're awake and you can't find a comfortable position to sleep. You wind up like just passing out just from sheer exhaustion because you haven't slept in it. And maybe that time you do sleep is at two o'clock in the afternoon. Yep. Whatever. It's a terrible, miserable. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. No. Your sleep schedule is completely jacked, and you do fall into this depression because you're out of work. You don't have that regimented schedule that you're used to, and you have nothing but looking for excuses. And you're it's it's a dark path. And I've been there. It's it's tough digging yourself out of that. You know because you're 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 in a bad spot. Yeah, so, it's, it's a fucking yeah, it's terrible. It's fucking terrible. I, I I think what like so we're in an interesting part with um, in the fire service with mental mental wellness because um, I, I I I am fairly liberal but not so far left that I'm gonna seize your assets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, on on that end though, like. It, the, the way we stigmatize things about being a tough guy or whatever, like it's, it's gotten a lot better, but I think, I think even up to that point, uh, and I mentioned like stuff with my dad, like I joke a lot about it. You know, my dad had to split for good reasons and he left when I was like 14. He didn't come back in my life until I just graduated from the army. So when I graduated from the army, it was like actually the first time that I saw him for a good amount of time and he has a stroke two, two months later. No shit. So I ended up getting very involved with my dad's life again and saw him out until he passed away. He ended up getting a, another debilitating stroke in 2013. Yep. That's right. When I met my wife, 2012 and 2012, 2013 and met my wife. And, uh, I, I made the decision to put him in hospice and I was business paramedic with that shit. Like my family, um, they had, it was a hard, I think it was a lot harder for them. Um, and I, just pushed it all in and I pushed it in and I pushed in a lot of shit from my childhood or thing, you know, things that I experienced and just dealt with it. It dealt with it like it was business. Hey man, dad's going to die. This is what we're going to do. We're going to, you know, control his assets, blah, 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 blah. And he passed away. I didn't even cry. You know, actually funny story about that. Um, my dad, when he passed away, you know, he wanted to be cremated and he was, he was like Johnny Cash. He's a Mexican Johnny Cash. And, uh, <laughs> he, he had all of his arrangements done already done you know um my, my dad was was kind of like johnny cash like he was always kind of sad he was he was a tough dude and uh i didn't have to really do much you know like he had it done and he did because he was old school didn't want to burden you with that exactly stuff, right? and he's so fucking old school and he thought so little about his death when i showed up with my brother so like i organized like i'm like hey man this is what we're gonna do we got all the family coming in and i was like hey man we gotta get flowers and stuff you know and my other, I was with one of my brothers, and my other brother's going to meet us. And we, we go and uh, 
we go up to the box. We're going to, and this, this is in Southern Texas, South Texas, dude. It's Mexican as hell, like super Mexican. And I don't know Spanish for the fucking life of me. And I walk up, you know, I'm like doing business. I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to, you know, make sure my dad's good. And he's like, what kind of box is he in? And he's in a white cardboard. I had, my dad was in the box. same box. Bro. The same box. And it had a sticker. Yes, that dude. had his name on it. Y- yes. I took my dad to Hawaii. Did you really? Yeah. Holy in the shit. same box. Bro. So dig this. I got family coming in in an hour. And I'm like, I'm starting it. I'm like, I'm, my paramedic site's starting to fucking. Start, this Were is my, you expecting like something completely dignified yeah. and some fancy like yeah. cherry box? Yeah. I get there to go pick up my dad's ashes. Same white box. Fucking white box. <laughs> like how do you? That's a human with, being, dude. <laughs> with, with his name on it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I guess this is how we're, we're doing it, right? Yeah. This. All right, man. Fuck. Is, he, is he might as well been when, in a white castle box. <laughs> like he would have been happier than that. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, you I put would me. Be, yeah, actually, you put wait. me in a white castle box. Oh, dude. Dude, that's. I'm gonna give myself out. <laughs> a bunch of white castle boxes. <laughs> Corey's so fired yeah. So hey So check this out dude Is so that when you got emotional Cause that's I When it hit me to, I started to break That's and, that's the fucking weirdest fuck Cause that's when it actually I yeah. did the same thing I didn't cry And it wasn't into, I put him And I had to drive All the way out to Fucking hometown Or something like yeah. that Yeah And I put The box On my passenger seat Yeah Fuck I'm getting a Fucking get emotional just thinking about it right now. Let's do it. Um, and I'm driving. I'm looking at the box, driving, trying not to go there. Driving, looking at the box, and I'm like, I'm having like my last ride with my dad. And uh, I, I just fucking lost it. Yeah. Just driving down the fucking highway with my dad there in yeah. his box. And I, I don't know if you did this exact same thing that yeah. I did, but yeah. yes. I fucking lost it. Yeah, so in, in that same way, um, I see this box, and, and I think it was seeing the little hole, you know, um, that the, 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 the grave digger had, had put up. And uh, my brother, he went to go see my grandfather, who was a World War II vet, so he was separate on a, on a, a veteran side. And um, I fucking pick him up, right? And I, I'm creating him, and I start crying. I'm going to fucking cry. I don't fucking care. So I pick him up, dude, right? And I start running to my brother. And I'm like, hey, bro, fucking dad didn't think good enough about him. So he put himself in a box, bro. He put himself in a, I'm like ugly crying, dude. I'm like, oh, fuck, man. And my brother, like he, like my my brother was, the he's a quiet gentleman, too. Older brother or younger brother? Older brother. Okay, so um, he's supposed to be stoic. Yeah. He's supposed to but, put his hand on your shoulder. And, but like they had all I'm had, the older brother. They had all had hard times too. Yeah, you know, because they they dealt with my dad in a different way. They're ten and eight years older than me, and, and like he just was like, "What do you want to do?" And I'm like, "Let's go to the funeral," and and he's like, "Let's go," and he jumps in the car, and I'm holding my dad. And there's like like one of my better memories of my dad was like he we would take road trips. We didn't we weren't rich, you know, but like the big thing was going back to Texas every summer. And uh, we'd listen to fucking music, man, like 80s music. Like, it just hits me. And uh, not enough's enough, though. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, we're, we're... Fuck those guys. We're flying. And we're I'm calling the funeral home. And, dude, imagine a Mexican morticia. And, and Rachel, I love you. I'm just saying that she's a very attractive lady. She looked like morticia. Um, <laughs> and she, Mexican morticia's on the phone. She's like, Mr. Vega. I'm like... My daddy, he's in a cardboard box. You know, I'm fucking losing it. And uh, she was like, 
I have a box. Come over. I'm like, okay, goddamn. We pull up, dude. We're fucking blaring some fucking rock music, man. And we go in there. And, like, I'm losing it. I'm fucking crying, man. And um, uh, she takes my dad. And she's like, I've, I've, I've got a, a, a box for a child. And it's a little oak box. I said, that's perfect. And he was a hardworking dude, dude, Budo Tejano, truck driver dude. And I'm like, cool. And so, like, and, and, like, this is where I start pushing it down. And I realized, like, when I start to break um, later in the year was um, my first instinct was to make a joke. And I was like, hey, dude, how about if they fucking spill dad, man? Are we going to have to bury a vacuum? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, my stoic brother's like, yeah, probably. You know? <laughs> and so, anyway, you know, we, 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 we say goodbye to my pops. And that was that, you know, and I, I didn't. I, I I separated with my family for, you know, after that, I kind of just went my way. I'm a little bit different than them. Anyway, I get fucking hurt. And the only thing I identify with, you know, and I'm like, you know, fake fireman wearing a uniform. Um, I get hurt and I got Dr. Winky, you know, like, oh, you, you're not, not going to come back to the job. Like, are you saying I am? Or are you fucking saying I could scam my way out of this? So um, anyway, I... I fucking broke, man. Like I was about to get my surgery and I had, I had gotten into this weird argument and like it, it all compiled like life things that happened to me all my life. And you know, like, I think most punk rock kids are a little, I don't care. You're all little emo punk rockers. Like you all have, you know, things that you care about and like why you, why you like the music. So anyway, it all broke. And hate, I real we hate conformity, yeah, but man. we love to conform. We're house cats, <laughs> just a bunch of fucking house cats. So I, I, I end up breaking, dude, and um, I, I legit popped a round off at my head. I, I keep this round, um, at, at my office to remind me, like, hey man, you fucking you, you made it. Like you, you, you can, you can fucking do anything, you know. And um, but anyway, that podcast, how that, how that rolls in was. You know, after I was, so the, my, my attempt to kill myself was before my surgery. It's like, I'm not going back. I'm not going to come back. What am I going to fucking do? You know, I'm going to. Cause you, you thought you weren't coming back to the job. No. And then you didn't have a sense of self-worth. Exactly. You, everything that you identified with was being a fireman. If you couldn't be a fireman then you weren't worth shit. Yeah. That was going through your head. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I started listening to Mark Maron. Like, here's this funny guy, but he's incredibly thoughtful. He's smart as hell, too, smart, right? dude. Yeah. Yeah, and he likes cool fucking music. He listens to records. He, he's, you know, he, he's been there. He's and got, like, like record players that, and speakers that are worth $10,000. Macintosh. Yeah, like, re- ridiculously, like, old school. A analog. Macintosh receiver's five grand. Yeah. I mean, I, you got some impressive shit. How many Chris Christopherson <laughs> records does he have? I would dare say he's got a few Chris Christopherson. He mm-hmm. can Somebody was making fun of me not too long ago <laughs> for having Chris Christopherson. It, it wasn't me. Vinyl records. It wasn't me. Yeah, it was. I would, <laughs> I would never. We were sitting in the office of CrossFit Harwood Heights. <laughs> Plug. Yeah, and uh, you were giving me a hard time. I don't. I don't think I would ever do that about. Yeah. Because we talked about that. Well, anyways, it's about Sammy. Yeah. I'm All right. No, I I like it though because <laughs> vinyl and like that shit. It really meant a lot. Like music, like the way he got into music and the way he talked about it, you know, he was super into his pets. Um, 
it, it was like hearing a father figure that I didn't have. And like, I honestly say that, like I, I met him a couple of times and I probably creeped him the fuck out because like, <laughs> afterward I was like, I was like, Hey, Mike Murray, my name is Sam and I, you know, I'm a fireman. I just, you know, kind of, I was like, wanted him to be proud of me, you know, but now I got the other Rick Vega who's going to fill, fill that void. In my life. Uh, but, but, but like Mark legit, like being able to be vulnerable and talk about it and to be who he was, I came back to the job different. And I was skinny as fuck. Like I wasn't healthy. I was not good, and I couldn't pick up. a Where fucking did you? Fan, wh- what you made know? you so skinny? Uh, not eating. Eat, you just were in that depressing yes. state where you didn't eat or didn't do anything. Huh? Yes, dude. Like it. It. Oh, and like. And plus, it's hard because you're taking so many painkillers that you probably uh, no appetite. Uh, no appetite. And you can't uh, shit. You can't shit. Yeah, you oh were constipated. That's crazy. Twenty-one days. Get the fuck out of here. 21 so days. So you were really pounding those painkillers. It took 21 days to poop. Yeah. And and that was disgusting. I don't... It was a felony. Like, if, <laughs> if the cops came to my house, they would have... I would be locked up right now. <laughs> I'd be over in Tippecanoe or wherever. Sir, that, that. every citizen has to take a shit within 24 hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they talk in Indiana, too. I, li- I live just over the border. Like, sir, let me tell you. Let me tell you, you taking a shit in 24 hours. So what, you, what got you over the other side of this depression? I mean... Was uh, it the diagnosis that you could come back? N- no, actually, something like this. Um, what does I that did, stand for? All in motherfucker. Love it. So, um, and I didn't, I didn't even realize this. Um, and this is where I say, like, this, it became the most punk rock that I have ever, ever been. Um, because even, even in like a punk community, you're a conformist. Like, you can, you can go to a show, and there's. Everyone that's just like you, right? And which that's, is ironic, right? You know, and it's cool. At least yeah. it's a scene, and and that happens in the fire service now, and it's it's getting better. Where like you have fire conferences, right? And uh, I, I, I privilege I get to go to these every once in a while, but um, you know, uh, in that same vein, I what I what happened here was I went back to the job and I realized that not only was I full of shit, but there were a lot of firemen that I looked up to that were full of shit, like Pammy the the white castle story she was not full of shit she was fucking in and you want to know what she was not liked she dealt with a lot of shit a lot of shit especially for being the training officer like the training officer is like you just ruin our fucking day like we got a good deal in cal city like our chiefs are cool they don't they don't get in our way they know that we're busy and they take care of us and our job could be a lot worse i know a lot of departments where you're waxing a rig every day oh yeah or you're doing a lot of mundane stuff right our guys. I, I was in a fire officer class with a chief from a suburb somewhere, and he said, "If I don't see you with a rag in your hand, right, I know you ain't doing much." Yeah. You know, I got a chief that says, "Lay up." What are you doing? You know, like he cares about you, like that's legit, because he was on the box too. Yeah. So. Um, All right, we're back with Chicago's Bravest Stories. This episode is actually brought to you by the Frontline Team. Josh? Oh, sorry, I was expecting more of a (laughs) lead-in. So I expect you to say, Josh Hill. I was promised there would be a... I was promised there would be a lead-in. Yeah, no... Vince, we're, we're happy to sponsor this. You know, we have been for, for a while and, and we're going to continue. You know, I love the stories that you guys are telling here and, 
Yeah, I mean, we're, we're like I said, we're thrilled to be uh, a sponsor of this. Obviously, that's a big part of our, our business is the police and fire world, doing doing the mortgages for them and, and really being uh, in a place where we can be trusted by them. I saw in the, in the Heenan pod, uh, you know, he's saying, hey, the last thing you want is a bunch of guys uh, talking shit on you at the table at the firehouse, you know. <laughs> and uh, so obviously that's something that we take very seriously, the, the, the trust that's placed in us. You know, and we would never violate that for those reasons. It's just the right thing to do. But also you can't have a table full of guys talking about you, man. That'll end us. <laughs> so where can they get a hold of you? Yeah, well, obviously they can just look us up on social media at the Frontline Team. Um or obviously see one of us. We're always out at events, but uh, at the Frontline Team on Facebook, on Insta. Uh, also, they can call us at our, our central team number is 630-534-2900. Uh, they can give us, give us a buzz there. Whether they're going to be out buying, we can, uh, you know, give them a hand. And like I said, it's just kind of a transparency has been always our, our appeal there. I also realized that there were guys who didn't know their job. And when I would ask them a question, like, hey, how does a hell get bar work? You know, because I was afraid that I, I didn't have brute strength. I didn't have something like, you know, like legit. I, I kicked doors, dude. Like, come on, that's fucking stupid, you know? Um, so I realized there were a lot of guys that would just say, you should know your job. And they didn't know their job because they couldn't explain it. And um, I started getting into that. And one of the things, and that's where I found my little brother, Mikey, um, and Ron, um, it was I started asking more people questions, and I, if I couldn't find it in my firehouse, I asked people outside of my firehouse, or I started taking more classes, and um, it was it became punk rock again, um, because those of us that were in the Bay training, or those of us that were reading books about it, we were getting called, you know, like you just put out the fire, dude, like it's fucking easy, and I I my mind started opening. Um, I had a I had a very close call uh, with a gentleman, and um, I think in the fire service we get confirmation bias, and um, we think that fires are just going out, right? And they're not. The they, they, I mean, they fucking put water on it, right? Um, but but because they're going out doesn't mean that we're applying water the right way. And there was a line of duty dot that really affected me. And uh, after having a close call myself. I uh, reflected on it and started flowing more water and learning some body mechanics that worked with my back. And all of a sudden I started feeling more positive. Now I struggled in between 2014 and shit. I still, I think I, I it's not that I struggle now. I balance it. I go to therapy. I very open with anybody and everybody just in life. If you go to CrossFit and you go to the gym or you're like Rick Vega and you lift big or whatever, go to therapy. Your mind is the most important organ you have outside of your heart, right? You're not going to work without your heart, but you're not going to function without your mind. And we all have our issues. We all have our things. And I still will go to therapy. I still take some things to help me, you know, balance myself out because there are things that I can't control. Uh, military has figured out over the last 20 years of perpetual war that uh, traumatic incidents are like little bombs going off in your brain. And the scar tissue that happens, you know, prevents your electronic or electric function and pre prevents, you know, uh, specific things from happening. It rewires you. And so you've got to keep on that shit and you've got to, you know, exercise your brain. So what happened is, is I started just training more and in having to train more, you start wanting to share more. And when you start wanting to share more, you start pissing people off. Yeah. You know, and like people are like, man, 
fuck you. You know, like, why would you want to change your hose load? Why does it matter what kind of nozzle we have? Why does it matter what kind of ladder? What is it? Like, you just carry a ladder. No, nah, I'll fucking show you a way that you can bang out a 35 by yourself, right? Like, you shouldn't be able to, but you can, and I'll show you a good way. Uh, and it's not because I bang out 35s all, all the time on calls, because I don't go to that many fires. Um, and when I go to fires, I want to be able to throw, throw, throw a ladder. I want to be able to pull a hose line, and I, I, I don't want to suck. And so this thing happened where I um, started teaching more, me and my little, my, my, I call him my little buddy. He looks like a small version of Robert De Niro. He's my hero. He once defended me a bunch, a bunch of chads. Long story <laughs> short, so we were teaching at a state institution where uh, we had a long day. It was like 12 hours. And um, I was super fucking tired. It was 2016. And there was a party, like a, a accommodation room going on next door to us. And I did not sleep because every time that uh, it was during the Hillary and Trump debates that every time Trump would say something that he would say, they'd be like, fuck yeah, drink, you know, I couldn't sleep. My buddy has no conscience. He's legit. Like he can just sleep through everything. (laughs) Anyway, we come back from this long day training recruits and um, there's like beer signs cut out in the hallways pointing up to right next to our room. Like, oh, Mikey, God damn it, man. These guys are going to party all night. He looks like Robert De Niro. Like, Robert De Niro, backdraft De Niro. Like, <laughs> awesome, right? And he's like, what do you mean? These guys kept you up all night? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, okay, okay. And we get in the room, and I'm like, I got my, I'm after my back surgery, you know. I'm like, oh, God, I'm taking off my, my boots. And I'm like, and I hear, and you know, I hear it all next door. And he goes, no. And I look at him. He, he just said no. And he gets up. <laughs> You know, and he's like 160 pounds of Robert De Niro. <laughs> and he walks in this room. And, like, I'm, like, limping and, like, chasing him. <laughs> and I get in this room. And he's like, hey, you guys think you're going to be up all night laughing, having fun? No. We're trying to sleep. And, like, he walks out. And, like, these dudes are, like, like putting down their drinks and shit. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I walk back. Like, he defended my honor. Anyway. <laughs> So, like, this, this thing where it comes from is in 2017, I met a cat um, by the name of Trevor. And um, I'm going to get emotional here because he, uh, he was outstanding. I met him as a recruit, and he had um, went to another full-time department from working at an own, very similar to me, joined after 9-11, and went to a department very similar to mine. And um, anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clean up. <clears throat> so he, he's in this fire academy. And he is about 170 pounds skinny, and he's six foot, maybe one, maybe two. And uh, I used to call him Methuselah, uh, and I got that from the drill sergeants from basic training. And uh, I'm like, "Old oh, man, why the fuck are you here?" And he was the same age as me. I was like, uh, "You know, I, I wanted, I wanted to get a, I always wanted to be a backstep fireman." I said, "That's awesome," you know. And um, it, in the middle of the academy, I noticed he was hurting, but he never stopped the drill, and he would take these younger guys he was basically my battle buddy from the army he would take these younger guys and take his time and he would talk to them and he would show them these skills that like nobody was introducing them in the fire service nobody nobody was doing it especially this time uh, forcing doors moving hose line like he knew it prior to coming in and what we generally teach off of you know ipsta or jones and bartlett it's not these techniques so there's something different about him like hey man like what's your deal man like are you okay you know it's like, ah, you know, I, I had cancer twice, and I, I just had it six months ago, but I'm, I'm okay now. I'm okay. Like, oh, fuck, you know? 
And so here's this dude, you know, just out of chemo, skinny as a rail, and he's at the toughest state. I mean, I'll just say the state fire academy is the toughest. And he's excelling, and uh, he's getting his ass handed to him. Uh, there, there are times like during the day we're talking about going through bottles. Like the guys will go through, you know, four bottles in a day, and in a nitro they'll go through another four bottles. And so uh, Trev, uh, he headed off with me and Mike right away, and, and that weekend we went and took an extra class out in Peoria, and he, he was a pal ever since then. And um, we just stayed in touch, and he ends up uh, he gets cancer again uh, for I believe this was the third time, and. Uh, he calls me up and he's like, you know, like, this is it. I, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not coming back. And it was like, fuck, you know, like him and I were very similar with the mental wellness issues, depression and how we saw the fire service. We were like both not satisfied with the status quo of the way guys perceive the fire service. He was ate up. Like there's a sign of him on the county fire tactics uh, where he's holding the uh, sign. It's worth the risk. And I fucking love that saying because there are so many cowards that like will be firemen in nature, but they're not willing to put themselves on the line to do fireman stuff, you know, and, and Trev was it. And he ends up passing away and I was one of his pallbearers. And so here, here's this thing that, that like, that happens. I, I get to meet more people like myself, but it's so small. It's not like the punk rock scene where everybody can just jump in and dye your hair or wear, wear a belt or, you know, do a kickflip. <clears throat> like you gotta own the job to be like Trev. And, uh, he pushed me to be better in that time. And, and I was honored to be one of his pallbearers. And I, I got the privilege to, uh, meet a friend down from the city that he was from and like you guys are in a crossfit like this dude he is he he almost killed me uh <laughs> he named a workout after trevor and i'll send it to you guys oh hell uh, yeah it, it's it's fucking legit like he actually ron was there ron <laughs> he smoked me in this like that don't, don't fucking discount the old man he was a crossfit instructor we dude, found he's out legit yeah, we went out and had a couple yeah. beers and a burger afterwards yeah. and a plate of nachos they were the most expensive fucking nachos <laughs> i ever ordered in my life and i'm the one who ordered them and we started talking about uh, the stupid gym that we bought. And Ron goes, oh, yeah, I used to be a CrossFit instructor. And we were like, what? <laughs> like, what? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, we tried hiring him on the spot. Yeah. He's like, I He's like, let nah. it lapse. That, that was a life ago. Dude, <laughs> dude, he did way He killed better. you, huh? He killed me. And, like, I, I had to, like, just struggle bust my way in. <laughs> anyway, I, I made, I made this, this dude became a brother. Um, and I, I, I became friends with him at this uh, – Trevor's funeral and so uh I'm doing my best not to name names because the way the story goes but this this cat he um he got hired with Trev right and the apartment he was from was a lot like mine you, you know socioeconomically depressed and whatever we want to call it but in the morning when they got hired they would trade badges in the morning because the apartment had one pipeman badge which is pretty fucking <laughs> boss you know badge this pipeman but yeah. it shift changes like here you go bro you're, you're on duty you're hot racking your badge you're hot racking your badge <laughs> and um i meet him at the at the wake and he's got that intense crossfitter look like he's just <laughs> and he's very soft spoken and um the trev's son comes up to us and uh we started paling up while he was he was uh passing away and um, got to see the most magical thing, dude. Uh, 
he passes that badge to his son. And we were, uh, we were his honor guard together, him, his son and I, you know, like got to see this magical moment, you know, anyway, um, where this, where this leads to in this like whole thing, like how, like it's so punk rock was like two sides of the state and where, where Trev was, he, he wasn't very well liked. And I imagine I'm not very well liked in a lot of circles too, for whatever that is. You know, we all have our flaws, but dude, Trev, um, he he was ate up, and he would do the same thing I did. He would reach out to other people, and he was super into Von Oppen, and he would put all in, you know, all in all the time, and um, he would put it on chalkboards or he would put it on CAD screens and shit, <laughs> and um, he challenged the status quo, man. Like, how come we don't carry tools on the ambulance? How come we don't do this? How come we don't do that? You know, and some guys didn't like him anyway. I was teaching down in the St. Louis area and I was going to buff it up. And I just got to give a shout out to Dave Dubowski from the Muddy River Fools, which was a big part of Treb's life. Uh, Dave, Dave is, if you find yourself in the St. Louis area, he works on the north uh, side of St. Louis and the Burbs there, uh, which they burn. They're very busy, a lot of pride. Uh, Dave is, Dave is the, Dave is the best. Dude, he he loves the city of Chicago, so I hope he can uh, maybe he could he could come up here and talk to you. He's got some what? great stories. He, dude, he, to, he if he Dave ever tells you the best story I heard from him was you know here's a captain and he caught two fires on July Fourth of July and like just hearing this dude you know he's in his I think he's in his fifties and he just fucking thirty years on the job dude he's got pictures of fire engineer he's the buff and like he will he doesn't like you know how guys treat fans. Like, oh, he's a fan. Fuck him, you know? He, he is, he's the most fucking coolest person you'll ever meet, and he will out-job anybody. Like, he's still <laughs> in it. But so, but so real quick, yeah, so I, I end up down there, and I'm going to buff it up at night. And I got, it, look, anybody, you're out of town, show up to a firehouse, bring donuts, be a gentleman, get in, get out, and, and have fun. But you should love the job because there are guys out there that are doing some cool shit, and they're fun, and they're nice. I went to Rescue 2 once. And those guys almost let me on the rig with my wife. And, like, if Rachel wasn't there, I love you, babe. Um, <laughs> I would have got to go on a rescue to call in the old house. But, all right, I digress. Um, sorry. So check this out. I go down there to teach. I'm going to buff it up with Dave at night. And um, my pal says, hey, man, come by the firehouse. I'm like, sure. You know, I want to I wanna see where Trev worked. And um, I'm down there. And this, uh, this gentleman walks in. And he's like, hey, who the fuck's this? And I'm pretty naive. I, I will eat shit all day. And I'm, I'm like, oh, you're making fun of me? <laughs> uh, it's so, uh, I'm like, eh. You know, I got my dumb look on. Like, I, you know, and he's like, who the fuck's this? And my pal goes, uh, oh, this is Sammy. You know, he's a good pal of Trebs. He was a pallbearer. And, he, and like the look, the sour look on his face. And he, he goes, so you're one of these all-in motherfuckers too, huh? <laughs> and I'm naive. And I think he's just busting chops. And I go, yeah, oh, yeah, chief. You know, I get the pom-poms out. I'll go academy stunt. There's no fucking things. And he walks out. And and uh, what happens, you know, uh, chief leaves the room. And everyone's like, eh, fuck you, chief, you know. And uh, whatever. You know, I ate my corned beef sandwich. We grabbed ass. We had a lot of fun. It was the biggest group of gentlemen, firemen down south. Like, these guys burn. They're a lot of fun. Anyway, I leave. And I'm going to go buff it. And um, my pal calls me up, and he's just so apologetic. And, like, it hit me when he was apologizing. He's like, I'm so sorry this happened. So disrespectful. And I'm like, bro, that is, like, the big, like, my, 
Trev owns real estate in this man's head. This is a guy who's got you know 30 something years on the job and he owns real estate six months after he's dead. Yeah. That is fucking awesome. And he, he has my pal, the, the CrossFitter, he got told at a, a review once, you know, he, he, he trains too much, you know, like <laughs> works out too much or something. So whatever. What I mean to say by all this is to say uh, we, we just took that and we owned it and we started putting it up everywhere. And so now, um, like, I, I got I got a – Dave sent me one from uh, um, New England Fools or something. They put it all – they put it up. So it's like, you know, do the right thing, protect brothers, you know, keep the faith. You know, here's AMIF, you know, and um, – which is on our fridge now. Which is on which your is fridge. now on our and so, like, infamous beer fridge. And so that's like I made cards with it. And so that's that's what oh, I you mean. you found the brass knuckle ones. Yes. Okay. I gave you a couple of the brass knuckle ones. Yeah, but, I but, got them. But so here's the card, and this is what it means. So uh, you got the steel cards from uh, Taylor's Tins. He does good stuff, I wanted to say. That's what he I heard. takes care of people. Um, oh, you got a steel. Is that steel, too? So this is just a regular card. No, you got a steel but, one? But yeah. I, gave you, I gave you a steel no, one, too. I, just, I, I want see it. it. You, I'm not going to This is it. mine. Let me touch it. <laughs> touch. <laughs> so cool I, 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 I give those out um, to, oh, to, 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 to uh. ladies and gentlemen on the job that um, they're all in. And you can see it. Like, they, they care. They've picked up people and shit, and they still do their job, and they're not the psychopath <laughs> that treats that person like shit. Yeah. Uh, and we, you know, we all have our problems. I, I'm not an angel, you know, but um, I feel like a scam artist. But, taking this but dude, no, fuck no, because this, this whole thing, the, doing a podcast on the job, you know how many people might not be like, it's fucking stupid. Like, yeah, oh yeah, we yeah. have we have enough <laughs> coffee table talk. Like, and 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 oh, we do, we do. And, and let me just say this, right? A, a retiree once told me, he said, "I could care less about the calls. I could care less about the fires. What I miss are the guys, and I miss being at the coffee table." Oh, that that's a that's a common sentiment, right? Yeah. And so, uh, look at this. You can sit at the coffee table or the. What do you, you know? say, Steve? They don't miss the circus. They miss the clowns. Yeah, right. is that the, oh, is yeah. That what it, I love that. Absolutely. One. Yeah, that that that's what pretty much all these old timers who come in here and when we ask them about, you know, what do you miss about the job? Right. It's never, I miss, you know, getting on the rig. I miss going to fight. No, they miss the guys. They miss that camaraderie. Right. And I think that has a lot, that plays into that depression that you had. That kind of, that kind of part of it, I think matters. Um, and that's why like, I like Luke and I like any of those guys that are willing to teach or, um, or, or is there a fight? Is there a fight going on? There was. <laughs> man, this is like the firehouse, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're going to see that and be like, oh, we better keep it down. Yeah. Well, it's, or, it's your sign, so. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that no man. Literally. I thought, I thought it was in my head. I was like, I'm hearing voices. No, no, Literally yeah. Literally had like, no clue what was going on. We're usually the night, late night fucking yeah. assholes. Yeah. You, you know what happens, though, though? Like, when I hear shit like that happening in the real world, like, I did this. I'll do this to guys. Uh, I, I, this is years back. I was, was going to a uh, movie theater. And I saw one, one of the off-duty guys, and he had a, a union shirt on. I was like, that's one of our fucking guys. And I go, oh, God, uh, help me. <laughs> and, and, like, you know what he did? He turned the other way. 
<laughs> That's when you knew yeah, he was, was one of your guys. Yeah. It, well, and also, like, you hear that, and you're like, oh, fuck. You know, like, yeah. what, what kind of... What That's kind why of, you don't wear shirts like that out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I got to tell you, they're, the Hefty shirts, I I'm, could keep plugging Clem. They're the fucking coolest. What's the, what's the one with Ray McCormack where he says... The, the guy with the biggest artillery wins yeah. it. And like I heard, he goes, like, I've never even said that, you know? <laughs> we know. Yeah. We know. I That's the joke. I fucking love it, dude. I fucking love it. Uh, well, what do we... Yeah, I mean, we're rocking. We're, yeah, we're going we're long. And, yeah, we're two and a half we, hours. We can shut but it. Let's... No. Unless you're ready to go home. Oh, no, it's, it's... Otherwise... Well, let's talk... We've, I, we've hit a lot of... The one thing I want to talk about is how you got involved with IFSI. Yeah, I thought you didn't want to talk about. Well, it. oh, you didn't we, want to talk. You didn't we, want to name it by name. If we if we don't name want it to by say name, IFSI. that's fine. Like, because like, well, there's like some rules that you gotta like hold to. Like, if I think if I'm saying the doo doo words, they're gonna be like, <laughs> like that doesn't represent. Did Tim? Did, did our other guest from the, well that what represents we, that entire? See, Tim. Tim is very. He's a fucking got a good tongue. Like, he's not gonna slip up. Like he's legit. <laughs> I'm gonna, well, right. we need you to help facilitate the uh, kicking contest between Ron Smith. Oh, we can do that because I think, if I recall correctly, I think Ron was calling him out. Was he really? Oh, or was yeah. that? Or was that? Or us? That was us. That was us. I believe it was. It was Ron. Yeah. Now hey, that not I, you. <laughs> no, <laughs> not, now that I think about it, yeah. uh, Ron Smith was calling him out to see yeah. who could kick the farthest field goal or just yeah. who could make a field goal see this is a problem now we'll I'm gonna be like, he was then, talking about kicking him right <laughs> and then we'll, we'll i didn't sell, hear anything about a football we'll sell tickets to it yeah, oh, yeah we were, we were the gonna, yard foundation awesome. we were gonna raise money on this tim walsh versus ron smith i think field he'll do goal. it i think he'll do it too they're he's funny dude. we'll raise money for the entourage we, we gotta raise money yeah it's all about raising money um yeah hey uh so give us a hand facilitating that. Easy stuff. Um, <laughs> I got I got involved with the state doing stuff. Um, I started teaching with the fire academy, and um, I, again, like I didn't know anything. I wanted I want like I wanted the secrets like Indiana Jones. Like you know like like I'm like looking at them. You know something <laughs> I don't. You know, and like so this I got it. I got it. I got the privilege of being exposed to. Um, Ray Hoff at the fire academy doing building construction. That was the coolest thing. I've like, I will still hang my hat on that. That was the coolest thing ever. Like who gets exposed to that man? Right. in their in their lifetime, you know, um, and, uh, people aren't here forever. And so I think that's a special, special thing about that. So I wanted to be a part of that and I wanted to be a part of being able to absorb some of that. And, and really, you know, um, if you can't teach it, you don't fucking know it. You really don't. And um, got really into the basics. And um, going back and starting to go to more conferences and taking more classes outside of the state, you got to get out of your bubble. Um, and that goes for every city. You know, um, even the biggest city in the in the country has guys that will travel to the West Coast to learn or pick stuff up. Um, but getting involved with that and, and just becoming a geek about the engine stuff, I think, is what got me. Because when we started doing stuff at the fire academy, and I would be like, hey, man, like, you, you can push two and a half. And I'm like, no, no, you can't do that. I'm like, bro, you can do it with two people. 
You don't you don't need a, f- a four man crew. We don't got to stack up and do a Keenan Louvre. We don't got to do that. Look, man, I didn't make this up. Firemen, dude, look up pictures of two and a half inch hose from like 150 years ago. There are firemen pinning it. They just got their knees on it and they got the nozzle and doing the work. And that's all we got to do now. You can deal with the nozzle reaction. So shit like that. I was able to say, and and I and I think what 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 got it was I cited the sources, and I would be able to articulate it because I fucking love it. Like it changed my life. Like I wasn't supposed to come back to work, and now I can flow and move right. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm fucking awesome at it. I can just say I'm not afraid to do it, and um, I see where it works. And finally, like we're talking about that that fire, the big one, saw it work in the application that bigger cities will do it you guys will do that stuff you know um actually uh listening to uh ray talk about that he says still in the fdny there's still two firemen on the nozzle doesn't doesn't matter where you are you know and that's the goal even for your volunteers to get two. you know um so but but anyway i i I think i got involved with them and i i earned that responsibility uh because i i'm a fucking nerd (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know like i i well i think you have to be a nerd of t- anything that you want to excel at you yeah have, you have to nerd out on it right yeah dude you're not going to be good at crossfit if you don't know muscular structure yeah. you really aren't you know and like it's like come on man this whole job is is nerdery which I, I i i forget who's talking about carpentry or something like that but you know our job as a trade is interesting because we don't um we don't treat it like that. So, like, if I were a carpenter, I'm going to bang nails all day. Right? Right. 12 hours a day. If I'm a fireman, I'm going to touch the line. How many times? If I'm an engineman, I'm a pipeman for the day. Right? If I'm a ambulance guy, I'm going to do the, you know, what, you guys, 24 fucking calls in a 24-hour <laughs> period. You know, us, you know, 12, you know, 14 or whatever. But then on the line, anybody else, really, unless you're that small 1% or group that goes to a ton of fires, you're not getting a lot of nozzle time. And those guys that have a lot of nozzle time, they may not even be able to tell you the science, but they will, they, I can guarantee you, those guys can't back up what science is putting out there. And so I think what, what really matters for us is that it's like, um, how many times do you throw a ladder in a shift? I, and I, and I'm not too sure about your guys process, but like, we're, I think we're, we're getting some buy-in is, is guys see their own success and they're not afraid to make a mistake. Like I, again, you know, and I don't, I, I think you, you didn't come from the volunteer background, but when we would do drill night, you're more afraid of making a mistake in front of guys. And then senior guys don't step up. And well, train, we you did, know? we did both work part-time paid on call just, okay. with where you had drill night. And yeah, that was your biggest fear. Was well, because you're you're doing it for an audience. You're not yeah. doing it while other guys are working around. Right. You're on stage. Right. You know, so you're getting critiqued by everybody. Right. That's that's as nerve wracking as going up on stage and doing a play or something like that. Yeah. You know, um, but you go to a fire like everybody's working. Chances are somebody's not standing around looking at you, right. critiquing you throwing that ladder. Right. And and then you know the duckers, the the yard breathers, you know the mask failures, they <laughs> they can hide, you know. And like you you you're generally going to make a mistake on the fire ground. No one's really going to see it unless you say it. And like like I I don't know how big you guys are in after actions because we're we're not really we're not really <laughs> that critical, you know. Like no comment. Right. 
you know? And I, how, how important is that, man? Like, okay, so if we all went and started banging out deadlifts or something, like, I suck. Like, I need the criticism. Like, hey, dude, you got to do this with your wrist. Not, you got to do this, got to do that, got to do this. Right. But you're going back to your fundamentals. Right. Right? Everything right. goes back to the basics. Right. Right. And, and, and why are we afraid to just eat some shit over that? Dude, you suck. Like why is why I I saw I I have take I went back to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and yeah. I want to go back to some Muay Thai, but I'm not going to be good at it. I know I'm not going to fucking knock somebody's face in, which you know, is kind of cool. But um, the point is, is not knowing something is it's like a it's like an adventure. Like why do we get so pent up on like nah I did my time I I know what I'm doing no nah, dude like. You gotta. It's it, it, it. This should be like the the whole job should be like being in a motorcycle gang. Like if, <laughs> if you can't do crime anymore, <laughs> right? You're not the. You're not. The, I, I tell my listen. I tell my boys. They're in two. They're two and four. I go. If you can't do the time, I put them in timeout. If you can't do the time, don't do the crime. Right. <laughs> I tell them that like on an hourly basis. Right. But yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm gonna start telling. <laughs> 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 be like, running around the firehouse. If you can't do the time, don't do the crime. I'm, I'm, but I know his boys. They have the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got nothing but time. <laughs> oh, man. They don't mind doing the time. No. No, no hell no. <laughs> and, and that's the thing, man. You, 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 should, you should be able to put yourself out there to not be good at your job and train. Why not? You know, like, and it goes back to the military thing. Um, and like that's like when I when I put any kind of training out there with the fellas or with the classes that we do, um, we don't ever say this is the way to do it. We say this is a way, but it's backed by fact. It's backed by uh, simple science. It's backed by physics. You're not going to change physics on me. You know, you can go back to the firehouse and someone say, "Ah, right, it's bullshit. You don't got to know GPM. You don't got to know PSI. You don't got to know nozzle reaction." I say, "Bullshit." You know, you take a plumber. Right, and a plumber looks at their torch, and they're going to sweat some pipe. They know what their torch should look like, right? They know, but right. they, they're not going to have a, a temperature gauge on it. They're going to be using whatever they got, right? They might have some good tools. The electrician going to have some Klein tools, but they're going to be able to look at something like, "Fuck, I'm going to solve that problem." And then firemen, for some reason, are like, eh, "I'm a fireman. I'm a badass." You know, I got the shirt. I got twenty something years on the job, and I paid my dues. That's why this card says dues owed daily. Right. Like if you're all in, you're all in with your show, you're willing to put it out there. You're willing to take criticism. If you're going to do anything to go out there, you're going to take some heat. Well, you got to pay your dues every fucking day. And if you're not willing to do that, get the fuck out. Don't pay your dues. Go be a go be a slug. Right. Um, and that's I. so and I'll just say like emotionally on my end, that is the hardest thing to do is to take genuine criticism from people that don't mean shit. There are so many people that have, sh like, they, they own no place in your life for what you do. And uh, we give them more credence. And, like, so, and I hope to share this with my kids uh, as they get older. Um, because when I do retire, they'll be 10 and 11 that um, own whatever you do. I ate barbecue at this place, uh, like, last week. And this cook, you know, this, this dude is uh, an immigrant. He goes... And I, I said, dude, this was the best barbecue I've ever fucking had. Like, I will go out of my way to talk to the chef because you ever just have that? Like, oh, yeah, fucking good. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had told him and he goes, man, if you got to do anything, you, you, you better do it well. You, you better be the best at it. And I'm like, bro, you want a job? 
<laughs> bro, you want to? I bet you he'd be a badass fireman, you know? Like, and like, and that's it. This dude's job is going to be cooking barbecue for people to be ungrateful for it and throw it away. Uh, it was this, it was that. But like, he's putting everything in it. Dude's fucking sweating bullets, you know? And that's, that's all I could hope for with this. And I know, I know we're not going to get it. I know it because the way our standards are, they're like, we call ourselves paramilitary. I'm, I'm going to fucking rant, but I'm going to go over it. That's all right. We that's call ourselves paramilitary, right? Uh, we, we have a structure of being paramilitary. I could tell somebody, you know, to go pound sand and I'm not going to go to Fort Leavenworth, <laughs> right? I may get written up. I've been yelled at before. Sure. Cool. You may buy time for They're something. Gonna hang paper on you. I'm going to hang paper, right? <laughs> but you're not going to Leavenworth, right? Um, and, and then guys, guys will cover for those guys that do felonious shit, right? And, and that's where I think it, it comes into, like, what are you about? And um, there's one thing I can say is that when you're all in, you're willing to be all in to be good at it. And being all in means that you're willing to admit that you're bad at it. And I don't know anybody. And like, the, like we're talking about the great guys at this job, those guys will tell you more fuck ups that they've had than anything. I'm going to, I'm going to, and I'm going to say this because I don't care. I had a fucking fire hydrant once. Like legit, not as a drill. Like, Hey man, tag this fire hydrant, go hit it. I fucking hit one. <laughs> I made a sharp turn with a, a, an engine that drives like a car. That's not my excuse. <laughs> not my excuse. And I, I hit it. I hit the stem and it spun and it ripped a hole in the side of the compartment. <laughs> right. And, and so I got no problem saying that. And I'm an engine nerd. I fucking hit a fire engine. <laughs> but, the, but with that, you know, um, don't hide your shit. Everyone's looking at you. Everyone knows who you are. You know, there, there's, there's no hiding what you do or whatever you're, what I, you know, who you're faking to be. And, and that's one thing that I hope, and I, I hope with any of this, if I shared about being all in or shared about Trev or, you know, having pride or making mistakes is that, you're only a human being. You're going to have emotional problems. You're going to have triumphs. You're going to have good shit. And, um, but you get to meet people like you. You get to meet people like Trev. And uh, you get a scene. So You get to meet people like Sammy Vega. Yeah. Well, that's what I love about this podcast is people are going to listen and they're going to get to meet you, basically. Yeah. And you're sending out a, a great message. I love it. And I think if more people were all in, this would be a better, you know, a better profession. Yeah. Better world. Yeah. What a fucking weird time. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe Sammy, we get to that point where just like that chief in St. Louis, you know, uh, I heard a great saying um, when I got moved into a position to manage a, a certain part of the fire department. I was like, well, eventually aren't all these bosses who are, short-sighted, um, closed-minded, aren't they eventually going to just out of, you know, they're going to age out, they're going to retire. And uh, he looks me in the eyes and he said, uh, yeah, those dinosaurs are going to leave, but dinosaurs lay eggs. Yeah. So maybe if guys like you are coming around with this all-in mentality, maybe there won't be so many eggs lying around. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I also think it's cyclical. This is my pessimistic side, <laughs> that, that the revolution always comes back, and they're going to be like, oh, God, we used to fucking train all the time, and they're going to be fucking snipers. They're all going to be dialed in. And be like, ah, we're going to take it a little easy today. We're going to take it easy until they become slugs again, and then the next group, you know, it's like, it's like this cyclical thing, you know. Yeah. But the hope is that maybe on the next revolution, they don't suck as much. Yeah. Because I know people like Pammy who made my career better, uh, 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 Captain Smiths, um, my chiefs now, uh, the crews I work with now, um, we're on this end and it's getting better. It gets better all the time. It, is, is it like uh, Ray McCormick was the one that said like, you know you're a successful officer when your uh, crews are self motivated in training. Yeah. Yeah, he wants pit bulls. That's what yeah. I, I took that class with him. He's like, he's like, I want pit bulls. And the way he said it was like a fucking poet. He's like, you got to have a leash on your guys. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I, I got chihuahuas, but they're little pit bulls. Like, they'll do whatever <laughs> I want. And, like, so, like, you got a good crew. You want them to be as aggressive as possible. But you don't want them biting everybody. You don't want them getting into shit that you, you, it's going to cause heat on you. They're going to do the right thing. They're going to go out there. They're going to be good dogs. But when you let them off the leash, they're going to fuck some shit up. And, and, you know, everybody else in the way, get the fuck out. You know, like, you've got the best. And I, I think that's what, you know, I think that goes up the chain. You know, if the chiefs know that their officers are a bunch of pit bulls, and they know when to keep them on a leash, and they know when not to. And they know that when they're off the leash, they're just not going to bite everybody. They're going to bite what they need to bite. You know? Um, and and I, I hope that's what changes. I, I think... Um, we had this cycle from the 90s where they're like, don't flow water. You're going to cause water damage. Um, to now, it's like, flow water. Put the fire up. Protect the, you know, the, you make it better for yourself. You make it better for the folks on side. I think what's going to happen, too, is you're going to see less of that profiling, survivability profiling. Uh, Chief Isaacson down in Florida, he says six men, six minutes. If you can get six men in the first is that six Escambia, minutes. Escambia, Escambia County? Yeah, I took one of his classes. He's fucking awesome. Yeah, and then uh, Ray McCormick went out after him, yeah. and I took a picture with Ray, and he called me a fucking fan. Did he really? Oh, I almost <laughs> cried. I still got my picture, though. So Chief Hoff uh, at these classes, he, he, he says the same joke, and I, I will never tell him. Well, he's probably going to know it now. but nah, He don't listen to our he, podcast, but go ahead. You, you need to get Chief Hoff on here, dude. <sighs> he, he told me. Sammy. He, he says that the engine company is just a speed bump for the truck. You know, and he'll say it in front of the whole class, which is like, it's like, oh, God. Okay. But it's, it's Chief Hall. You know, I'm like, yeah, go ahead. That's fine. You're, you're right. You know? Well, speaking of jokes, Sammy, now we're going to let you go all the way back into your military to get to where we want to get with this. But uh, we're down a guy here. We're on a variance. We're on a podcast variance. variance. But he would ask you at this point in the podcast, what's the best joke you've ever had in your military career or your fire service or both? Practical joke, <sighs> prank, jag. Hey, I, Give it to the us. funniest thing that you've experienced. That's uh, <laughs> and so that's the thing about some of these is like the statute of limitations well, is still running. No. I, yeah. Uh, so so one of them is is. All right. I think I can say this one without without it being bad. Because there's a lot. There's a we're fucking we're a bunch of idiots, you know. <laughs> I'm lucky to work with some really good bosses and some really good firemen. Um, I'll give you two real quick, just real quick. So when I got hired, uh, I I got submarined, right? So when, hired with three people, uh, a lady and a gentleman. The gentleman was 21, and um, 
he uh, he's a Chiefs kid. And he brings in his dossier because he was asked to bring in his certifications, but he'd just taken the Southern program and he had a dossier. And when the guys saw it, they're like, fuck this guy. You know, he sucks. He's a cheap kid. And he's going to run this place. Fuck you. So they hated him. They loved me and the chick. Second week, young lady, she forgets to put in an ambu bag, but she was an experienced paramedic. And they go like, oh, you know, uh, are you, did you check out the ambulance? She's like, yeah. And like an hour later, they get a full arrest and they don't got an ambu bag. Oh. And so she gets shit on for the rest of the week whatever yeah whatever and so uh we they, all only had, they only had one yeah the whole thing? <laughs> right right Are you like you sh- you're right so they should have i carry two right. extra in the side compartment and these motherfuckers try and take it out all the time and i said wait till you get multiple people shot on fucking north avenue let me just say that you're too you more than one ammo bag she's not in charge of it <laughs> right yeah, <that's laughs> it's week two for her <laughs> right so week three everyone's like same is great same is great and so uh, we had this fundraiser for a cop for this crazy incident. And they're like, you got to go out on Thursday with us. Everyone loves you. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I'm quiet. I'm not saying anything. And uh, they line up <clears throat> shots. And it's Jack. And I'm like, you guys love me. You know, I'm filling the void. You know, you, you, guys, <laughs> you, you guys are the family I never had. And they're, I'm doing all these shots. And there's 13 guys and 13 shots. And I do 13 shots, but they're drinking water. And like every time that I take a shot and they take they drink their water, they pull me away, right? And so like, hey, let's go over here. And so I keep, oh, let's do another shot. So it like my night goes in flashes and um, it's like I go from, and this is actually like not funny. It's like dangerous. But like my night goes in flashes. <laughs> we're like, hazing. like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's so I, I, I end up getting just really hammered. I, I've got some young lady licking my face. I don't know where I am. What kind I, of bar were you at? I don't. The remember. best bar sounds I, like. I, I, was at, I was at an American Legion, which is where everything <laughs> great happens because beers are just like, then they're like 25 cents. And uh, um, end up, you know, just ended up at home and the cops wake me up, you know. And I'm like, fuck, it's my last day of days. I'm going to go to the fire academy. And uh, like, the cops are laughing. They're like, hey, you need to go to work, dude. You're probably getting fired. I'm like, fuck. Oh. One of the union guys called the police to come get me. So I show up and fuck, you know, I go to work and, uh, still drunk. I imagine I was not feeling good. <laughs> I was not, you know? Um, and so I, I go there and then it, it was, it was something because I, I will say this, like, it was like a movie where like you know, the chief's back is turned to me and like, he's like, Mr. Vega, <laughs> do you know if this was some sort of other department? You would not be working here. I'm like, oh. <laughs> but you're lucky. Your friends told us they submarined you. <laughs> so here's your write-up. Don't fuck up again. You're on your last warning. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so not not a hazing story. Maybe it is a hazing story, too. But So I had this captain. He, he was awesome. He He's six foot five, shaved head. Jack, listen to CNC Music Factory every day in the gym. (laughs) Awesome, dude. He was so funny. He was pumping up the jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was pumping up the jam, dude. He, uh, he, he was, he was awesome. Just, he would come in in the morning and be like, "Hey, what are you doing? You look, you look tired. You better go lay up." No, I don't care. Go lay up. Firemen, firehouse, fire engine, firehouse. You know, is your fire engine looking good? Yeah. Is your ambulance looking good? Yeah. Go sleep. Fucking awesome, dude. But he, he loved it give it to people anyway 
what he would do at night and i went when i was his pipeman um throughout the day he'd be like hey dude put us in route <clears throat> he'd be getting ready uh, i'm gonna try not to scream too loud probably scare the people over there so they deserve it <laughs> but be like hey dude put us in route and the driver would go in and be like oh, okay dispatch go ahead and show 306 gonna be and i don't know where just blood curling <laughs> <laughs> and, and so dispatch would hear like this blood curling <laughs> and they would hear nothing else and why you have the mic keyed up yeah yeah and so like for a day he did this to the same driver and this dude wasn't an engineer he's a step-up driver and he, he doesn't like loud noises and doesn't like that kind of shit and so it happens and it happens like it happens and we're like busy day dude for us you know like 14 calls it's like 3 a.m the magic 3 a.m hour and and he goes like he's like hey dude put us around and he's like looking at me like we're tired as fuck we're putting our shit on I'm like, and just, I, I, don't, I, I don't get it I don't get it I don't get it I don't, it's not funny it's not funny guys I don't know why you keep doing this to me it's not funny and like you know I, and I don't know if this is going to be funny to everybody else but this dude just fucking loses it he's, he's trying to pull out and go in his car I, I don't think it's funny fuck the fuck fuck and I'm just, <gasps> just, you know, he broke him, you know, like it happened. It took know? till three o'clock in the morning. Huh? Oh God. And it, it, it was great. Oh, there, there, there's, oh, there's a whole bunch, man. I wish I could, I wish I could say some of them. But. <laughs> well, well, we'll, we'll save those for, uh, when we're off the air. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you still got a couple years left before you retire. I got eight. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't say that on a bash. Because yeah. other other people should have a spot. If I if I can close out one thought, because I think it's probably time. Um, remember your relevancy, that you have a finite time to be important to your crew and to the department. And once you outlive that time, move the fuck on and have somebody to replace you. Because if you make it about you, it's not about the fire service, and you're not doing you're not doing the job justice. So you have a finite time to do the best you can and to make the impact that you're going to and to be a good person because people fucking remember the bullshit that you've brought into civilians' lives, the people in the firehouse's lives, and um, they will be eternally grateful if you brought them up, if you told them your mistakes, if you trained them, and you made them default aggressive. And by that, like default aggressive, everyone says, I'm aggressive, I'm aggressive, I'm aggressive. If you're not willing to put yourself on the line and either make a push, do the risky stuff, do the stuff that you know you're trained to do, um, and make a good decision on the with the best resources that you have, get the fuck out. But make sure that somebody's going to be able to do that when you leave. But... <laughs> give them time to learn how to do that so that's all i all right. really well on that note sammy cheers cheers, cheers steven I'm gonna, I'm gonna go across there because i yeah. ah, ah. want to leave it at that hey that was chicago's weirdest stories thanks sammy thank you all right i'm going on a limb and that's probably one of the better The opinions and views are that of Chicago's Bravest Stories and their guests. They do not necessarily reflect the views of any municipal governments, fire protection districts, fire departments, EMS, or law enforcement organizations. 
Chicago Craver Stories is also brought to you by Illuminated Brewworks, located at 6186 North, Northwest Highway, next to the car wash. This place, obviously, one of our favorite joints. Uh, you, you guys can make sure to uh, find them on their website, ibw-chicago.com. Illuminated Brewworks, ibw dash chicago.com um this place obviously this was one of no this was our first live show right yes Vince? yes yeah. so awesome awesome place and guess what guess what's back uh-oh what's back astronaut oh. juice oh she's back astronaut juice and me and steve we love that trust 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 is awesome um yeah i mean the place is just cool as hell um we love just hanging out there. We love popping in. Uh, they got they got fun stuff going on there almost every night. I mean, were they? When, when's their trivia night? Tuesday is trivia night at Illuminated Brewworks. Yeah. Also, if you want to try some of these beers, they're they're breweries right there, literally twenty feet from where you're drinking. And if you want to try something, they'll give you a flight. Uh, try a flight of beer and really get a feel for all the beer that they have in that place, and go find your favorite. Yeah, again, I mean, there's not, I, I can't think of any beer off the top of my head that I've gone in there that I've hated. I mean, everything's awesome. Yeah, so. we've crawled out of that place, man. <laughs> we've crawled out of that place. It's so good. And, and we will again soon. Yeah. So, Illuminated Brew Works. <laughs>